day four and we are still here guys yes this is the fourth day in a row i am back on the basket bros podcast and my name is brian and this is what we're going to talk about today these are our topics for the day it's going to be a little bit of shorter show as there was no nba news that came out today but let's just get into the show so today i'm going to be talking about my top 10 nba players list and will your favorite player be on this list you gotta listen to find out And we're just going to finish this show right at the end with our power rankings and who will be my number 24 team. You'll have to listen for that too. Coming up next, let's get it. So today guys, with our first topic, we're going to be talking about my top 10 players list. So I'm just going to give you my top 10 players starting from 10, we'll go down to 1, and I'm just going to give you guys a little insight on each player as I list them. All right. So we're going to start off with number 10, and it's going to be the Timberwolves forward, Jimmy Butler. Yes, Jimmy Butler is going to be my top 10, and a lot of people are 50-50 on Jimmy Butler and Paul George. That, That seems to be the comparison between the two players, and you could go either way there, and Jimmy Butler gets the edge for me just because of his passion for the game. I feel like they are both skilled offensively the same way, and I feel like Jimmy is a little bit better of a defender just because of strength and will. I mean, this guy was drafted late in the first round by the Bulls, and it wasn't just given to him. He had to work for that every single day. He came into that Bulls team, that playoff Bulls team, and he earned a spot in that starting lineup a couple of years later. And he has just progressed as a player every single season, and that's what I love to see in a player. Jimmy Butler, he went from averaging, what, 7 points to 11. It was something like that where he was just progressing, and that's what I like to see in a player. I'm not not knacking Paul George here. This isn't a knack on Paul George. Paul George is probably 11 or 12 for me, but Jimmy Butler just seems to, you know, do it when it matters most, and... I feel like he is a more skilled shooter than Paul George, as Paul George can be streaky, as we saw in the playoffs. But Jimmy Butler, when healthy, is definitely a top 10 player in my book. He definitely is. And you have to look at him as one of the top shooting guards in the league. I mean, he plays both offense and defense which you need to do unless you are an amazing offensive player like James Harden you need to play both sides of the ball to be in the top 10 if James Harden played both sides of the ball he'd be one but he doesn't Jimmy Butler plays both sides of the ball and he's 10 so that's who I'm giving my 10 to I love the 6-8 forward And I think he's going to do great things with the Timberwolves this year. Maybe he even moves on from the Timberwolves next season. We've talked about that on my past podcast. We'll find out what happens next year. We'll see how the season goes. So now let's go to number nine. My number nine player is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Drafted 15 by the Milwaukee Bucks. And, you know, this player, if he gets a jump shot, if he can extend his range to the three-point line, will be the best player in the league. I mean, he would be unguardable. Right now, you see defenders sagging off of him and trying to force him to take jump shots as 
the Celtics did in that playoff series, and it still really didn't work. He still averaged around 30 points a game in that playoff series, and he destroyed that Celtics defense, that number one Celtics defense. Giannis Antetokounmpo is so athletic for a seven-foot player that he actually plays point guard on some occasions, and he facilitates that offense at seven feet tall. He has the speed and the athleticism to be a guard in this league, and it is scary. If I am picking a pickup, if I'm picking a 1v1 pickup team and I'm going to start with Kevin Durant as my number one 1v1 player. But right after that, you got to think it's Giannis Antetokounmpo. Because whether he goes up against a center and has to back the center down, which he can do, or he could take a guard off the dribble, it's just scary. Giannis, this was his first year that I really saw him take over the Milwaukee Bucks. Last season, you saw flashes of it, but he tailed off. He was an inconsistent player. We were lost in the highlights last year. Not last year, the year before that, I mean. But this this past year, he really took over that team. And he was consistent, and he was an MVP candidate. Really was. So, Giannis, great season. He is my nine player. Let's move on. Number eight, the most overrated player in this league, Russell Westbrook. And just because I say he's overrated doesn't mean that he's not a great player. I feel like Russell Westbrook is a great player when he has a winning mentality, when he is not chasing stats, and he is focused on one goal, and that is winning a championship. Maybe he is focused on that goal. Maybe he thinks that him getting all of those stats and, you know, getting every rebound and hustling for every ball is what he needs to do to carry his team. But sometimes I feel like Russell Westbrook is focused too much on the stats and he gets lost in there. But let's talk about the positives here. So Russell Westbrook, he's a decent shooter. Don't don't leave him open. He is a decent shooter. He is one of the best playmakers in the NBA, always leading the league in assists. Pass, well, not always, I mean, but always up there in leading the league in assists. He's always top 10, which is what you want to see. Past two seasons, he's been the league leader in assists. And I think that Russell Westbrook is the most athletic guard in this league I mean he's not going for layups when he's taking it to the hole let's be honest here he's just gonna go in and try to yam it on you every single time I've seen this passion in Russell Westbrook ever since Katie left and I have mixed emotions about it like yes it is great to have that passion that you want to grab every rebound and you want to score every basket but you got to be efficient while doing it you can't shoot 30% for a game and you can't leave your defender wide open to go get a rebound during a game because you want to get a triple-double. He has great defensive qualities when he's trying. Russell Westbrook is my number eight player. 
because of stat padding. If he wasn't chasing those rebounds and he was giving 100% effort on the defensive end and focused on what a guard should do, not be getting 10 rebounds a game, a guard should be facilitating scoring and perimeter defense. So he needs to focus more on his perimeter defense to slide up in my top 10 rankings. Let's see what he does this year. So we're just going to move on to my next player here. My number 7 player. 76ers star. B- nah, I'm just joking. It's not going to be Ben Simmons. Fuck Colin Coward who said that Ben Simmons is a top 10 player. He's fucking not. Kid can't do anything outside of 10 feet from the hoop. I'm, But this is Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is my number 7 player. And he led the league of blocks last season. He is expanding his range every year in the NBA. He is getting to become a better shooter, which is what you need to do to be a successful center in the NBA today. You need to be able to expand your range. Joel Embiid has done that. But it's not just like he's a one-dimensional offensive player. No, he is the best when he his back is to the basket, he's gra- calling for that ball, and he's bulldozing the guy behind him. He can dunk on anyone in this league. He is an athletic seven-footer. And I really don't see a flaw in his game. He could do better playmaking, I guess. But in your center, you really usually don't see that playmaking when when you have a guard like Ben Simmons that can facilitate your offense. So I really don't see him progressing on that playmaking. But soon enough, this man is going to be the best player in the league, I think. Right now, he's already claimed the best center. Ever since Boogie went down with that injury, I have been starting to realize that Embiid is a force on both ends of the court. A force. And the 76ers have a great player for the next 10 years if he stays. He signed that extension, and it was that was the smartest move the 76ers could make. Signed him for pretty cheap at what he is right now. I mean, what is he at? Around $140 million? Players in this list are making $200 million. So, great move by the 76ers. Joel Embiid is my number 7 player, and we are going to move on to number 6. Yes, Mr. No Defense, Mr. Beard, James Harden. This man is the best offensive player in this league. He is going to go out there, and he is going to score at will. That step back he has is lethal, and no one can guard it. James Harden has a really big flaw, though. That's playing defense. James Harden doesn't try on the defensive end because he is so tired from running around and dribbling and stepping back on the offensive end. I really, there is no flaw in James Harden's offensive skill set. He is a playmaker. He shoots the ball effectively. He drives to the basket. He can yam it on you. He has a mid-range. He gets foul calls all the time. He is great at drawing those. Free throw shooter, amazing. Catch and shoot, 
pretty good at that. You don't see a lot of that in Houston, but ever since Chris Paul came in, you've you've seen a little bit of it, and you know he can do it. But it's just that defense. And people are saying, oh, he got a lot of more steals than he usually does this year. Okay, steals is not how you measure defense. It's about one-on-one, he guards a guy, and don't get by, don't let him get by you. There was flashes this season where we saw James Harden become a defender where the Rockets needed it. And I feel like he defends when they need it. And I see him, and he is not that bad of a defender. He is an average defender in this league when he tries. Above average, even. Because of his athleticism. But, like, when he was in OKC, he was a pretty good defender. Like, sometimes... They would put him in that lineup late in games for defense. They would run him and uh, Thabo Cephalosha in the defensive front court because Russell Westbrook would play the one, James Harden would play the two, and not the front court, obviously. Um backcourt that was the backcourt and then they would run Dabo in the the front court with uh, Ibaka and Durant late in games so James Harden we know you can do it it's just about the will it's just about if you want to win a championship and James Harden I don't see that in him so James Harden, if he becomes a better defender, again, he will be the best player in this league. I say that for a lot of players. There's usually a big flaw in these top 10 players that can be changed to become the best player in the league. And defense is very easy because it's just effort. And James Harden needs to give effort to move up on my list. MVP or not, you're number six. So we're going to go to number five here, and that is the best three-point shooter in NBA history. Yes, Steph Curry. Steph Curry, the splash bro. I mean, this man was drafted at Davidson with the seventh pick by the Golden State Warriors, and ever since then, you know, We've seen him as a great shooter. He has been a great shooter in this league ever since he came into the league. And, you know, there were some injury issues at the beginning of his career with those ankles, and that really slowed his development. And that's why we didn't see him until later in his career. Not late, obviously, because he was, what, 25? But when he was drafted, it took him three years to be noticed around this league. Steph Curry has now evolved his game from just a shooter to become an MVP player and be able to drive to the hoop and play make an offense. He can facilitate that offense beautifully. Steph Curry has a flaw and he gets exploited on the defensive end just just because of his stature. He tries. I'm not going to take that away from him. Steph Curry tries 100%. But he is a very scrawny guard. And when you go up against guards like Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons that are really big, you, you're you going to get exploited. 
So that's my only flaw with Steph Curry. You know, and the fact of his durability. We haven't seen durability issues recently as bad as they were at the beginning, but they still scare me because those ankles always get tweaked and we always see him out for two weeks because of that ankle. So what happens if he gets hurt in those playoffs when you need him most? Oh, they'll just go to Kevin Durant and Boogie Cousins and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green. Ah, oh, we'll get into that later. But Steph Curry, you're my number five. And I really can't see him moving up because he would have to gain, what, 30 pounds to take away that flaw that I gave him. So let's go to number four here. We got, yes, the man who wants to go to L.A., the man who demanded a trade from one of the most winning organizations in the league. Yes, I am talking about Kawhi Leonard. And Mr. Kawhi, when you're not faking an injury and you're not giving up on your team, you are a top five player in this league. You are the best on-ball defender in this league. You have a defensive IQ through the roof, and you just know where everyone needs to be at all times, and you can run any defense perfectly. Your offensive game has grown ever since you came into the league, and ever since you won finals MVP, you've jumped from 13 points a game to 18 points a game to 20 to 24 and it's amazing. He was not a good shooter at all when he was drafted into that league. And that Spurs staff turned him into a great shooter. Kawhi Leonard was leading the league in three-point percentage uh, the season before. And at a point, and it was just amazing to see a guy that was drafted as a shooting liability turn into one of the league's best three-point shooters. And Kawhi Leonard is a pretty good playmaker, too. He's an underrated playmaker just because that Spurs offense didn't rely on him to playmake. It was Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili's job, mostly. And he was the more of the scorer as those players were getting old and couldn't we couldn't or they couldn't rely on him to them to uh, score as much as they did in their past. And I can't wait to see what Kawhi does in Toronto. Are you going to lead this team to the NBA Finals, which is a good possibility in that week east? You could lead that team to the NBA Finals. And if he does that, I think that a lot of people are going to start looking at Kawhi being the best player in the league because LeBron James age is hitting him and it hasn't shown yet but soon enough he's going to degress and will he pass LeBron or Kevin Durant on the number one spot in a few years I think so I really do I really think it's a possibility but you need to show it again because you know, that ankle injury in those Western Conference Finals took away our look at you bringing a team to the finals on your own. And without Tim Duncan and without 
those those guys being in their prime as Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker were not in their prime, but they were still good players. The season that they went to the Western Conference Finals, they really weren't that good. They were just old players that, you know, that Pop could trust. That team was just really deep. So I want to see what Kawhi can do in this circumstance in Toronto. I want to see what he can do. We're going to move to number three. It's controversial here because a lot of people have Kawhi and this player flipped. But I'm going with Anthony Davis here. This man is a freak of nature. I mean, Anthony Davis, Defensive Player of the Year candidate a few times in his career. And he just, when when healthy, because durability is an issue for him. When healthy, Anthony Davis is so dominant that people compare his dominance to a prime Shaq. And people think that prime Shaq was the most dominant player when he was in the peak of his career. It didn't last long, but people thought that he was the most dominant that they've ever seen. And Anthony Davis... I think, is Shaq with a little less strength and a better jump shot. I mean, he can stretch the floor for you. He's got great defense. His post moves are amazing. And Anthony Davis has never really had the help on a team that he deserves. We've never really seen him in a playoff series. And we're kind of predicting these these player lists as if he would be good in a playoff series. This season was the first time that we could really judge him because we saw him advance to the semifinals, averaging almost 29 points a game in the playoffs. He didn't even have Boogie Cousins with him, which he had for half the season, and then Boogie Cousins tore his Achilles, and they were left without Boogie Cousins, and Anthony Davis carried them past the Trailblazers. They pulled off the upset, and... You know, they got a game against Golden State, which I didn't think they would do, but they did. And Anthony Davis really changed my mind this playoffs. He went from 4 to 3 in these playoffs. So Anthony Davis, you're my number 3. Let's get into my number 2. I think you guys already know who's 2 and 1, but number 2 is Kevin Durant. The greatest scorer from the forward I think we have ever seen in this league. I mean, the man is seven feet tall. Whether you like to say it or not, Kevin, you are seven feet tall. We have seen pictures of you next to centers, and you are the same height. I don't know why you like to lower your height, but you're seven feet tall. This man is so athletic. He is so tall and so fast that he, there's just no way in guarding him in the NBA. There is no player in the NBA that can guard Kevin Durant. Not even LeBron, not even Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is too short. LeBron is too slow. Uh, let me think of other players. Anthony Davis is too slow. Um, 
Let's think of another player. Russell Westbrook, obviously way too small. I mean, there's just these guys that they, they can't find a way to stop Kevin Durant. Because even with a hand in his face, he has a 50% chance of making that shot. He has a post fade that I have not seen since Kobe Bryant. And it just amazes me every game I watch that the Warriors have Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green. And now they're adding Boogie Cousins. I don't even want to talk about it. Fuck the NBA. This shit is bullshit. But Kevin Durant's snake ass is pretty fucking good at basketball. I'm not going to factor in my hatred towards him to my power rankings. Because that would be unfair to you guys. So, and you guys are my dogs. So I'm not going to take that away from you guys. And Kevin Durant is the best scorer in this league. He is a great defender. Yes, he can stay in front of guards and he can stay in front of bigs. He is a little scrawny, so bigger bigs can take advantage of that, but he really doesn't play the center, so he doesn't have to worry about that. He is a 4 or a 3. Maybe in their big lineup that the Warriors have, he played some 5 last year, but it wasn't a lot. So, Kevin Durant, you are my number 2 player. My number 1 player, obviously, LeBron James, King James. They... Second greatest player of all time. And you guys have to witness greatness. I mean, he has destroyed the East. I know all of you guys that are fans of the East. Fuck LeBron. Fuck him. Yes, I say the same thing. I'm a fan of an East team too. But LeBron James, you guys have to witness greatness. This man is a walking bucket. He is a dimer that we have not seen in a while he is a day a defensive stud he is the mo- the strongest player in the league he is um just greatness and he has a will to win he wants to win every single game and that's what makes him great there are players that have the same level of talent as LeBron James in this league. But they don't have the work ethic and the will to win. That what That's what separates great players from goats. And LeBron James is a goat. He carried a Cleveland Cavaliers team to an NBA Finals. You know, he obviously had some help with Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. But without... LeBron James, that team is a 40-win team at best. And then they just won an NBA championship in 2016. So, this season really helped me witness greatness in LeBron James because I looked at how horrible that Cleveland Cavaliers team was. And I went, did he really just take that bum-ass team to the finals? And he did. And it just amazes me every time I see LeBron play the game. I feel like he's going up. He's a he's a senior in high school going up against first graders. That's what it looks like. So LeBron James, you are my number one player. And that is going to conclude my player rankings. Call me if you disagree. I know there's a lot of people that are going to disagree with this. So just call me if you disagree. 6035604979 is the number. Follow my podcast 
Instagram page, Basket Bros Podcast. Leave a comment. Tell me what you guys think. And let's get into my last topic of the night. So this is going to be the last topic of the night here, guys. And we're going to get into my NBA Power Rankings. So we're going to start with my number 24 team. And my number 24 team is a team that has some draft unluckiness and some luckiness in these past drafts. Getting players like Devin Booker being lucky and players like Dragon Bender being unlucky. Yes, I am talking about the Phoenix Suns. So here's the Phoenix Suns starting lineup. They got Brandon Knight at the point, Devin Booker at the shooting guard, TJ Warren at the small forward, Josh Jackson at the power forward, and DeAndre Ayton at the center is what ESPN is giving me. So this team, they got a new coach. European style coach we saw in Cleveland that that didn't work out and I'm kind of scared that they're going to be ruined by a European style of basketball so Devin Booker they have that score they have that go-to guy late in games they got DeAndre Aiden a beast on the glass and a unpolished scorer that is up it's up to him that if he wants to be a great scorer or he wants to be an average scorer it's up to him this year he's going to be an average scorer it's not like he's going to change overnight but over the next few years it's up to him he could be the greatest scoring center in this league if he puts the work in um Josh Jackson gives a great defensive presence at that four, though. That's a little small for him. I think that they should run Jackson at the three and Marquise Chris at the four. Marquise Chris hasn't been the greatest of draft picks either. I'm pretty sure they traded for him on draft night from the Knicks. I mean, the Kings. So, I just, this team, I can see it being successful, more successful than I think it can be if DeAndre Ayton produces more than I think he will. I think he's going to be a 10-10 and 10 guy this year. And he will progress to maybe a 15-10 and 10 guy. Maybe he can get to the 20 mark. I don't know. I can't see him being a an amazing scorer where he's going to win MVPs. But, because I don't see the athleticism in him. But, I can see him averaging 10 and 10 this season, maybe even 15. And that's going to be dependent for the Suns. So DeAndre Ayton is a big part in if I see the Suns winning 40 games or 30 games. And the bench is just horrendous. I mean, Troy Daniels, great three-point shooter. Can't play defense to save his life. Um... Trevor Ariza, he's a good three for them to pick up. He's getting older, though. He's getting on the older side, and I think he can help Josh Jackson become a better defender, and I think that's what they brought him in for. I don't think that they're coming in, bringing in a veteran to go, oh, we got to win a championship. No, you're not winning a championship, Phoenix. Not this season, not next season, not the year after that, and so forth.
You just you just got to look at things and say, what did they do this for? And Trevor Reza, they did that for veteran leadership. The bench is just the biggest problem for me. The starting lineup is okay. I'm a fan of Brandon Knight. Yes, he is the man that missed a wide-open layup for the win on a fast break. And I know all of you that are listening right now have missed a wide-open layup on a fast break at some point. It happens. But you can't mark the guy for that. You can't mark the guy for being dunked on by DeAndre Jordan. I like the player. Brandon Knight, he's a great scorer. He's underrated in this league. And if Phoenix doesn't have a great year, he's going to get traded. And a contending team is going to be very lucky to get that player coming off the bench and scoring points. So, Phoenix Suns, you are my number 24 team. That's going to wrap it up for the show tonight, guys. Thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it if you guys would just give me a follow on Instagram so you guys know when I post. And I'm not stopping. This is number four, and we're going all the way to 365. I know it. I I know that it's harder to start off, but I feel like this is going to grow soon, so let's help it grow. Follow my Instagram, Basket Bros Podcast, and thank you guys for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with some more topics. Even if there's no NBA news, I'll figure something out. So good night.